This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Freeman, and you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, so uh, we're back. Thanks for tuning in, Raf. Uh, we're going to talk about the four ways you can always hit your macros. I feel like we haven't touched on a subject like this for a minute, mm. uh, but the more, the deeper we go into the locker room hive, which is you know, really, really figuring out uh, what our clients are like and getting, I think what's been um, illuminating about the locker room clients and the journey so far is how gen pop they are with their knowledge, you know? Yeah. And then it really, it really grounds you in thinking like, oh, these are like the realistic struggles of everyday people that aren't like obsessed with the fitness industry. And so one of those things that our in-house nutritionist works tirelessly on you work you put all your 80 percent of your effort into like 20 percent of things with nutrition right and one of those things is macros because it makes such a big difference you get this right you makes better all, all the difference but you have yeah. better better body composition like you know how to eat out properly like you have better intuition as to like what your body needs and how to fuel your body for exercise and for for um focused work so there's so much that goes into it and like the strategies around it are simple but not easy uh but you've illuminated here some pretty uh and pretty interesting stuff stuff i wasn't expecting to say so you've you've pieced this one up for the audience at home so these are basically i guess the four ways i've ever hit my macros mm-hmm. and the most one the most common ones i've talked about with friends and clients yep um because i guess it's really just like you know some people just work out how to make hitting the macros easy some people make it really hard yeah you know and that's you can tell by looking at them right? right pretty quickly so first one i put as one of the ways you can always hit your macros uh is a meal delivery service mm. so that would be like my muscle chef, macros.com.au, I guess. Does that what's that Woolworths one? The one like is everywhere. U Foods. U Foods. U Foods. So that would basically be like, hey, you just like work out your macros and then you pretty much eat every single meal from a meal delivery. Or yeah. maybe you've got like often it's common, like one meal that's always consistent as breakfast and the rest of the meals you do meal delivery. And that way you can like change and chop the meals, but you always stick within your macros. Right. Yeah, I think what's interesting about the um I think what's interesting about the the meal delivery services is and in some ways they've changed the game. It's the first time you're eating just regular meals and you know exactly the numbers in the mm. meal. It's like every time, never in history could you pull out a bowl of chicken pasta and know, I mean, you got to obviously just take it with a grain of salt here. There's always going to be that 10% variance, 15% variance. But unless you've like cut and weighed and measured and put it into my fitness pal and spat the numbers out then you know exactly what's in this meal but what's so beautiful about meal delivery services on the first thing in front of you is like protein carb fat yeah. they, it's like man they made it easy that is that's that's almost in some ways what you pay for like yes you pay for the convenience they are they do taste pretty good these days but what you really pay for is all that legwork to get the numbers done for you yes like that's what that's part of the value that is there for me. When I go out and I just have a normal meal, of course, I'm just enjoying a normal meal and it doesn't fuck with my head at all. But you can't just go, what is exactly in this steak? Mm. But with if you eat, even 50% of your meal is a meal delivery service. <laughs> Bless you. We need like the um, the Joe Rogan anti-sneeze button. You just oh, hold that, that down. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just press yeah. it and you just can't hear. Um, but to come back to the, the macros is even if you have 50%, like you know exactly what that 50% came from. So even if you got the other 50% off by like 30, 40%, you still got the first half like very accurate. So you kind of know what the mm. next half needs to be. That's really valuable. That's really valuable. Yes, so, so, so much time. If you're, I know people love to cook and I know this and 
They like the process and they want to weigh it and they want to understand it. I get that, but you know, 35 grams of protein, you eat like a chicken salad or whatever and you push all that protein into the corner. Okay, that's 30 grams. That's 30 grams of chicken. It's easy. I reckon of all four, this is the easiest one, which is very often the one I recommend oh, the most of the, of the four. But I do think there's one massive con, which is it gets boring. Because in theory, if it didn't get boring, everyone would just do this kind of like forever, right? You'd be like, oh, cool. I was like, get my macros pretty perfect. But like most people don't do this long term because they get sick of the meals. Yeah. You and need, they want to yeah. eat something different. They want to go to a restaurant. They want to grab something tastier or just they just can't like microwave all their food forever in a plastic container. This is like, this is where I disagree, right? This, I mean, I, um, I appreciate that this mm. is how everyone is. I don't disagree with what's happening, but this is where I disagree with people's mentality. And I disagree with it because uh, the Western world is so fucking privileged and uh, Australia and Sydney is so fucking privileged that everything, every single thing they want to eat is five-star five star steak, five-star bowl of pasta, five-star this. It's all an, an amazing culinary experience for your mouth. And if it's not, it wasn't worth eating. And I only drink coffee that's like single origin, Arabica, Ethiopian, hand-pulled, like hand-washed. It's like, you're a wanker. Like, how about you just accept the fact that 95% of the world just eats rice and beans and is lucky to get a piece of protein and they don't really complain. So I think if you can bring your baseline down a little bit to be a bit more boring and just accept it. And this is kind of like the bodybuilder mentality in some ways. It's kind of like you're just going to get, it's just food is kind of fuel, mm. right? And other people push back and be like, you treating food as fuel, like that's an eating disorder. And really, you know, you need to treat food as if it's, um, you know, it's nourishing your body and it's not just about the macros, it's about the micronutrients and this, fuck off. Like this, there is just a certain, like people didn't care about that when we we're hunter-gatherers. It's just fuel. It's just mm. keeping us alive. That is what food does. It keeps our body alive. And so I think if you can just accept the fact that meals will be boring. Now, look, it's one thing. It's like, oh, I'm bored of this. I don't want to eat it. It's another thing that it's so repulsive. You can't even get the food down. That's a different story. And some people get to that point, right? Where they've had the meal so many times i've been there it's, that doesn't happen to me i've been on the same meal delivery now for i think it's half a decade it doesn't happen to me it's only five years and some of them are the same meals I'm, i still enjoy them i'm the same i'm i'm the same i'm with you on this and like i even eat i got more and eat more but if you can keep a steady baseline of pretty boring food then you enjoy when you go out yeah. and you eat nice food way more yeah way more but if your expectation is every meal is exciting and different one you'll never hit your goals but two, like you're just setting yourself up for failure in the long term because at the end of the day, like to consistently hit your macros like we're going on and to, to eat a great, to have a great body composition and to be healthy and optimized, there's just a lot of your food that just has to be plain and simple and boring. And if like you just can't get over that, you have to address that problem. And then once you've addressed that problem and you just accept that food is a large majority of food just should be boring and simple and plain then you can do a meal delivery service for a much longer period of time versus, oh, I only did it for three weeks. Yeah, mm. yeah man, I got so bored of that spaghetti. It's like, fuck off. Bro. Eat the spaghetti. <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> okay, second one. Uh, you probably got more experience than me, but I did this for a while, doing it yourself on the weekend. So like when I got my first corporate job, I like made every single meal. Um, it was like basically my whole Sunday was cooking. I remember you know, this. Where it was like the containers, the this, that. I remember even like I, fr I would freeze them in advance and then like one day about two years ago, I like found a meal from like three years earlier. 
Two years ago, you found a milk. Yeah, yeah, from like years ago. And I was like, oh I want to try this. And oh my God. Disgu- I don't know if it was the being frozen you for are, three years. You are asking to get sick sometimes. You know how long we keep stuff in the freezer? You right? are fucking. I had an auntie. But you've moved house <laughs> in that time. <laughs> uh, no, but I. this was so long ago that this was before I moved house. I'm making my parents' house and I found it at my parents' house. So, oh, okay. This meal was not at your current place. No, oh, okay. That would be fucked up. That <laughs> no, would dude, we used up. to keep food for so long that I had an auntie that make a cake and she died, right? And then okay. we found the cake two years later. Because it was frozen. Frozen. So to enjoy it. Two years after she passed away. Oh, and you ate it? Yeah, of course, dude. And well, I even went and gave it to like her grandchildren and shit. That is kind of cool. It was kind of cool. People that were crying cool. and shit. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy, but... Did it, it make it extra moist with tasted the tears? pretty shit. I think... And it kind of ruined her legacy a little bit. I was like, oh, dude, it's way worse than I remembered. I think <laughs> I think the fact that it had been frozen for it's years so bad. It. It's um, terrible. But yeah, we like... It was actually pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, back to the... No, hold on. Can I just tell another fucked yeah. up story about Raph and his food? <laughs> so when I first met Raph, he used to... Do, you like use a slow cooker. It's like yes. the only thing you knew how to use. I think you probably like learned how to use a slow cooker before a microwave. Anyway... What you used to do, right? He used to put in pork or beef or whatever you were cooking for 24, 24 hours. And then you would... Uh, or maybe it was longer. Maybe it was like two days. You'd put 48 some hours, stuff, Yeah, 48 hours. So you'd put some stuff in. You would, you would pull it out. You would eat it. You would serve it. And then you would just put the next piece of meat straight in. <laughs> <laughs> so, without cleaning it out. And it would be like, how many times have you kept this shit going? Is this... <laughs> Is this piece of lamb still cooking from like, like, is this piece of lamb still cooking from like 17 lambs ago? Like I I was disturbed and then it was on my plate. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just like never going to eat Raph's food again. (laughs) That is a true story. Yeah, that's fucked up. I was like, I'm I'm keeping it the safe temperature. Uh, I don't think it works like that. So this is uh, doing it yourself on the weekend. So that's what I used to do, uh, prepping all your food. Obviously the cons here is like, it's crazy time consuming. I also think the, the biggest con for me was then I would miss it on a Sunday because you have like some yeah, life. Then you're, then you're, then and then you wake up on Monday, complete just catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. I I did the stage that you did, which was slow cook everything. Like I learned that from you. Put mm. the meat in, put the potatoes in, clean the fucking slow cooker when you're done for the next week. Optional. But then like slice, like just portion it out really easy. Um, but before that, what I used to do was, because again, I was big on the time saving. I don't know if people were standing there with a fry pan and do that. That's nuts, right? What I used to have is I used to have two extra, extra large George Foreman grills. Mm. So if you ever used a George Foreman grill before, it's basically like a um, like a toasty, like a toaster machine. What are they like a Breville? Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's on an angle and it's bigger. It allows for meat, and what it does, it, it drains the fat into a tray. So what I would do is I would put like a whole packet of like uh, beef mince into one, and then a whole packet of chicken breast into the other. Close it, and it's got a, it's on a timer. So you just like run the timers for whatever 20 minutes and it just cooks it. Microwave the vegetables. No, what I used to do is I used to have frozen vegetables. So you'd pour the frozen vegetables into the Tupperware containers, wait for the meat to finish cooking, have the the meat pings, chop it all up, portion it out, weigh it, put it all in with the frozen vegetables. Um, We'd have potatoes cooking as well or rice and put that in there and then just put it straight in the fridge. So your fridge would be hot meat, Mm. hot carbs but frozen vegetables and then throughout the week you would just heat that up again in the microwave and that would cook the frozen vegetables at the same time while simultaneously heating up the carbohydrates and the meat and that's what i did for a very long time but um at that stage when you're bulking you need a lot of food 
and it's plain, I just didn't eat enough of it. Yeah. I just did not eat enough of it. I also think this strategy only works, honestly, when you're like before 20, the age of 25. Yeah, and you have Soon like as no you're partner, older, no responsibilities. And you got like actually alive and your time is more valuable, this becomes just ridiculous yeah. at a certain point, which is why I like never, ever do it. So like the cooking, no one cooks in my house outside of the third point, the in-house chef or cleaner. So this is my current option using a meal delivery service as well. I still use that as well. But this is getting someone to come into your house uh, and cook. I would love to get a chef. I don't have a chef. Basically, my cleaner, who I've self-taught to be a chef, which as <laughs> Train you can up imagine, everyone is, is not amazing. Your staff, uh, your cleaners. She, uh, so she does the cleaning for me. So like basically order all the food online. It arrives. She unpacks the food, then goes, cooks it all, and then puts it into like the jars and everything. Um, so she could do macros. She doesn't really do that, um, but it could very easily do that to hit perfect macros if I was tracking more seriously. Uh, <laughs> I'll get you in. Uh, so this... But this option, I think it sounds expensive and it definitely can be expensive. And I know some of our clients do this, like get a get a chef to hit their macros perfectly. I also think there's a very budget way you could do this. And I reckon it turns out barely more expensive than a meal delivery service when I've worked it out. Because you're paying someone like $25, $30 an hour to cook it, but you're also saving money because you're not eating it. It's way cheaper than eating out. You're not doing all those things way more because you got all this food in there. So I don't think it's actually that expensive. Uh, and it's a pretty good option for a lot of people. I do not have a chef. Um, and Ev does not like cooking either. So we, we use Uber Eats. Yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> that's, that's my chef. So that's the last one, eating out and tracking. So uh, this is basically just like using my fitness pal all day and eating whatever you want, uh, which is the option, which I have done. I just found too unenjoyable to actually track every meal. Almost like kill the enjoyment of the meals for me, trying to track it properly on my fitness pal. But obviously the benefit is like, you probably enjoy the food the most. It's the most flexible it's potentially for some people very sustainable because you can eat whatever you want wherever you are as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, eating out, the only, the, the trouble with eating out, I find, is there is always probably, like you said, the, always the incentives. Some businesses are changing, but generally the incentives is they want you to love the meal and eat more and come back, right? Mm. So, they're incentivized to make it as tasty as possible. And then we all know what the tastiest things are is fat, salt, and sugar, right? So there's going to be some element of that in there always. Um, I think the problem with when people, they order out, they just can't give give in, or they always give in, I should say, to the thing on the menu that just looks the most delicious. They're just like, oh, yes. how good does that bowl of That's pasta true. look? That's true. Yeah, you've, you've moved the self-discipline from in advance to on the spot. Yeah. And everyone knows that's the worst time for yeah. self discipline. Especially if you started with like a couple of drinks. When you're hungry. <laughs> Especially if you start a couple of drinks, you know, you're eating yeah. out. It's like yeah. you just sabotage yourself going into it. Everyone knows, okay, I shouldn't have the bowl of pasta yeah. when I eat out here. What I should probably go for is like the lean cut of steak and I'll just get a salad with it and like no chips and like, you know, cook it in butter or whatever. Don't cover it in oil. But that very rarely happens, right? Unless you. But the thing is for me, like I always choose that because it's still enjoyable for me, right? And like part of the enjoyment for me is knowing that I've eaten like lean meats mm. and vegetables and like kept my stomach pretty light. I think since having trained myself out of eating till I feel sick is I almost have like mentally scarred myself from trying to really fill up now. Like to eat to really high capacity, I can't do it anymore. Mm. Like if we did 10,000 calories. Yeah, like, it's because you've, now you've associated it with like, you've associated big meals with like pain. Yeah, like, I guess so. Yeah. Or like fitness Negative. goals, yeah. like goals. So, and like, I really can't do it. So for me, choosing the lighter option on the menu is always, always works. But yeah, people come into this stuff compromised, right? They haven't, they haven't eaten lunch. 
they're saving themselves to the thing they have a couple of drinks on an empty stomach that lowers their uh, intuition uh, sorry their in intuition inhibition lowers their inhibition intuition inhibitions inhibition lowers their inhibition and they go for whatever they feel. Yeah. Ooh, that bowl of pasta sounds, that burger sounds fantastic. I will get those fries. And then they had 800 calories more than they needed to, right? So um, eating out is good, but yeah, it's definitely the hardest way to hit the macros. Um, but I do think with the tracking and the education side of things, you do have more tools to be able mm. to do it. Like I know for sure, if I go out, I'm going to eat something. I'm going to go, cool, I'm going to eat a big piece of protein or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to have carbohydrates with my, I'm not going to have sides. If I do, it's just going to be vegetables and then I'm going to have a dessert. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to have the main and the sides and the dessert. So it's like, cool, if you want dessert, no potatoes, mm. like no fries, no whatever the side is, right? Yeah. No mashed potato, no no pumpkin or whatever. So that you only understand that by educating yourself. So education is a big part of this whole process for sure. So that's it, man. That's four ways you can always hit your macros. Have a meal delivery service. You can do it on yourself on the weekend if you hate your weekends. <laughs> In-house chef or cleaner. Uh, or you can just eat out and track your way there. Cool. So guys, we're back to a bit more of the laid back podcast style as you can hear. I'm going to be writing this for a little bit. Um, and yeah, not, not a whole lot to share about the future yet as we kind of building out the strategy, hiring some new people for the team, revamping um, the YouTube. Uh, so... Lots more to come in the future. We appreciate your support as always and everyone who listens to the show. Uh, thank you so much. We promise that the, the content will continue to be good and get better and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.